Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 20th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in Bill's story, page 11, the first paragraph, to Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, ending with the rest I disregarded, one paragraph only. And the readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Naomi GB, for the 12 traditions, Kim T, and reading the text are Dara L, Kathy S, and Jack W is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Rebecca A, and the host of the second hour is Betsy H. The reference number for Sunday, June 19th, 2022, 8.30 a.m. special edition meeting is 19,000. And 85. That's 19085. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, My name is Naomi. A GB from Ontario, Canada, uh, gratefully recovered. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much for the honor of doing service. Thank you, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Kim T to read the 12 traditions. 
Kim star one. Sorry, I got muted there. Um, this is Kim okay. T in Northern Michigan. This is the traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should, should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always, main remain <laughs> we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Kim. <clears throat> How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Bill's story, page 11, the first paragraph, to Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, reading that one paragraph only. And I will ask Dara L. to begin reading. Oh, great. Thanks so much. Good morning, Katie. Uh, a special good morning to anyone who celebrates um, this Juneteenth holiday. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. So to Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. 
the rest I disregarded. Um, so I'm thinking today, you know, we're reading about Bill's experience and Bill's story. And I think for someone like me, it can be really easy to get caught in the specificity of this, you know, and to spend time like picking apart all the hypocrisies of a specific faith tradition. But, you know, I think much of that is really irrelevant. You know, um, what I read in this paragraph today is um, just the reality that people have problems, you know, like, and we as people, we bring our, you know, our crap to, to anything that we're a part of, right? You know, and so, yeah, is there hypocrisy in every faith tradition and the, the way that the believers sort of live that out? Absolutely. You know, is there hypocrisy in the rooms of OA? Like, yeah, totally. You know, people are broken and they bring that brokenness forward. And I, and when I was in my disease, I remember one of my majors in college was religious studies. Um, and I went in there thinking I was going to find like the answer. I was going to find the perfect thing that was going to save me, you know, um, from, cause I, I like, I, I felt like I was going to hell and, you know, I hated myself and I was totally terrified and I thought I was going to find something that was going to rescue me. And instead what I found is that, you know, all the world religions have this incredible beauty to them and then they have imperfect people um, who mess it up. And, um, you know, and then this, this idea of sort of selective faith, right? Like I've done that. How many times have I done that? Whether it be in a spiritual community, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to pick and choose the parts that work for me. Or in OA, you know, like maybe if I just, you know, binge without purging, or maybe if I just work some of the steps, you know, like then it'll be okay. Or maybe if I do all the steps, but I don't sponsor, you know, just this, this idea that I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get what I want um, if I do what I want. And that, that just has never worked for me. You know, it's really been about, can I surrender to what is? Can I see the beauty and the brokenness in people and not, hold them to an impossible standard or myself to an impossible standard, you know, and, and what I just am so struck by today is how I think, you know, so many of the world religions have to do with salvation in the afterlife. And, you know, I, can't, I have no idea like, what the deal is after I check out. Um, but what I do know, like with every fiber of my being, is that it is possible to be saved in this lifetime through working this program because I was, I was killing myself and I was hurting everybody around me. And the fact that I got to come here, put down the food, work the steps, not think that I was so unique that the rules didn't apply to me um, and be transformed and be, you know, just totally and completely saved in this life, having nothing to do with faith. Like I'm not Christian. I'm not talking about that, but, um, but I get a daily reprieve today and I get to be free. So anyways, that's my time and I'll pass. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Dara, um, and thank you for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you shared last Thursday or Friday, please hold back. Um, so who would like to share on this paragraph? Marcia D. On M. Marcia D. On yeah. M. Marcia Elizabeth K. Did you get Melissa? Melissa C. No, I did not hear you. Okay. Elizabeth K. Oh no. 
Yes, I got Elizabeth. So here's who I have. I have Marsha D, I think it was, on M, Elizabeth K, Melissa C. Who else would like to share? Star one to unmute. Page 11, the first paragraph. Okay, well, let's go with this group then. We have Marsha D on M, Elizabeth K, and Melissa C. Go ahead, Marsha. Okay, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Thank you so much. So I am Marcia D in Ohio, recovering compulsive overeater. And um, yeah, this is a, a packed full little little paragraph. To Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man. Yeah, Christ is my higher power. And the baffling part of the disease is that knowing um, knowing him as fully as I do and have since I was a little girl, it's it's just baffling why I would ever doubt that or lack in faith, but I do at times and um, I do succumb. And so, you know, the part that speaks to me is the word convenient. You know, if I'm in a relationship, it can't just be about convenience. It has to be about commitment. It has to be about um, being um, completely on board so that word's really convicting me today. You know, is my relationship with my higher power convenient or is it something that I'm all in with? You know, 100% committed. Um, I need to look at that today. So thank you, everyone. And I pass. Thank you, um, Marsha. Okay, on M, you're up, followed by Elizabeth Kay. Hi, Katie. This is Anne M here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ireland. Thanks so much for your service and thank you so much to the opening share and uh, the last share. And again, yeah, this is just, for me, this is about, you know, it's about the, the opting out rather than the opting in. And uh, yeah, just the paragraph before where it says, um, when they talked of a God person to me who was loved, superhuman strength and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory and and you know for me it's all about you know do I want to be do I want to be right or do I want to be free um and certainly for me today I want to be free and uh you know it's just it's just shown me you know how this disease is so cunning baffling and powerful and yeah I can get stuck you know in the whole concept of God and what is God and all of that, but really when it comes down to 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 the fine tuning of it all, I just have to know, you know, do I want a solution? Do I want an answer? And do I want a, do I do I want an answer that would solve all my problems? And if I do, it's it's you know pick up this the kit of spiritual tools and just go and find this higher power deep in deep inside myself. For me, it's the diamond in my chest. That's just over, over, just, you know, there's dust there, there's particles and it needs all to be swept off. Um, and again, it can really just shine the light on my defects, you know, how much um, if I am blaming other people or, um, yeah, just blaming other people are not wanting to take responsibility for my defects of character. That's me just trying to get the roundabout way, but I still want the answer. I still want the results. But you know, I have to, um, yeah, I have to know what my my I have to know what my problem is, and I know what my problem is today, and I have to know what my solution is, and I know it's a higher power, so I have to give up all this, you know, prejudice, fighting against the world, denial, all of that, because I'm going to die in this disease, 
And and you know at the bottom where it says or the the last the last piece where it says um, for myself I had adopted those parts which seem convenient and not too difficult, and it's just that for me is just negotiating the program. You know I always say to my sponsees, you know. The uh, the step work is non-negotiable. You know, if we want to add on other bits and pieces, that's fine. They are negotiable, but not the step work. And and you know, it's it's always comes back to me: Do I want results, or do I just want to toddle along and, you know, coast on this road and you know a little bit of abstinence with no peace and serenity? But I don't want that today, and I don't have that today. I have actually full. You know, I have a connection, a strong connection with my higher power relationship and, and I have, have neutrality around the food and around other people and emotional sobriety. And for me, that is that is just worth everything. So thank you so much for your Katie, for your service. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anne. OK, Elizabeth K, you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Elizabeth K, recovering in Massachusetts. Um, for me, when I look at this paragraph that, you know, Christ is my higher power, but if I look at the people around, which I currently have done, um, then I can see the failures and, you know, the hypocrisy in it. But I also see that through the steps, um, I so many times took the convenient things and left the other things. And as I work through the steps, I see that there's so much more to my relationship with God and that um, I need to surrender um, and that it's it's not, um, you know, like pie in the sky, like giving my uh, Christmas list to what I want. It's it's what I need. And in many cases, that means I need to surrender. And so um, as I'm working through steps, learning to surrender and learning that um, my higher power has a much bigger plan for me than what I had. And for that, I'm grateful. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Elizabeth. Okay, Melissa, see you're up. And then we'll open it up for more shares on page uh, 11, the first paragraph. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. I'm Alyssa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I read this and I think, God love Bill. You know, he's a hypocrite just like me. And um, because, you know, on one hand, he's judging those that don't follow the teachings of Christ, of his religious background. You know, and he, yep, he could, you know, he concedes, yep, Christ had a lot of great things to offer, you know, morals, you know, um, but only doing what's convenient. And, you know, when I look at morals, morals are principles of right and wrong behavior. And morals are holding high principles for your conduct. What good are morals if they're not practiced, you know, when it's when it's inconvenient? I mean, I think that's what it really means to actually have morals. They're not theories, you know, and ideas. Um, because there's no good if, you know, if I believe, you know, that um, love and honesty and perseverance are important, but I'm dishonest and I'm full of hatred and I lie and I give up immediately, you know, and I think, what does this have to do with me in a spiritual experience? Well, if I disregard the things that are difficult and I only do what's convenient, I'm not going to get anywhere, you know, that's 
I think that was like my calling card always. Like I was the queen of dreams, but don't ask me to like sweat. You know, don't ask me to really do it if it wasn't going to fit itself in to a little box or really if it wasn't going to promote me. You know, like if it was something that was going to make me look good or bring me like higher status or more money or something better, then I was all in. But if it was something I had to quietly do in the background, uh, not so much. You know, I would I would think, um, well, if it's not convenient, I can't do it. And, you know, my experience with this program of recovery is it's not convenient. A relationship with God is a relationship that has to be Melissa, we lost you, star one. Um, yeah, there I was just saying that. It, yeah, thank you. That um, a spiritual experience can't fit itself into the little scraps, the leftover pieces of my life. And, and I think this program is not a program of convenience, but it's a program of morals that we put into practical application at once. And... Um, you know, my hope today is to be less of a hypocrite and more of a, you know, more of someone of a demonstrator. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay. Um, so who else would like to share on page 11, the first paragraph, if you haven't shared since last Wednesday? <laughs> Star one to unmute. Susan S.H. Susan S.H. Tanisha, Janice, Maxine, Tanisha, Janice, Maxine, Janice, Janice, Martha O, Martha O, Monette M, Monette M, or what is it? Could you spell the Monette M as in Mary? Lynette M. Okay. Um, that's a good group. I have Susan S.H., Tanisha, Janice, Maxine, Shanna C., Martha O., and Lynette M. I'm sorry if I messed up your names, and if I didn't give your initial, please give me the initial where you're from when you uh, share. So go ahead and please, Susan S.H., followed by Tanisha. Good morning, Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio and very grateful to be here. Very grateful to be pointed to uh, a passage that um, (laughs) I'm still amazed daily how things come up and they come up and they come up because because I I assume because my higher power uh, says you need to look at this. And I do need to look at this. Um, I'm so grateful that uh, that I was uh, battered enough to set aside that uh, sharpness whenever someone would bring up religion, higher power, 
um, that snapshot feeling of my mind. Well, I'll do anything, but I can't do that. And I have come to, through the directions that are in our book, in the steps, I have come to trust that if I do what it says, <laughs> I get what it says. And uh, I was just, re I was just, it came up in an outreach call that uh, page 87 says, uh, make use of what they offer, the religious people. And uh, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can be humble. No, I certainly don't know it all. And uh, I'm grateful to learn. I'm grateful to turn to a higher power of my understanding, which is not much, in everything. And uh, my life is infinitely better, calmer, more amazing. So um, I'm grateful. I'm staying. <laughs> I, I continue to work. And um, thank you. I pass. Thank you, Susan S.H. Okay, Tanisha, it's your turn, followed by Janice. If you could please give me your initial. Hey, good morning. This is Tanisha C., as in Charlie, from North Carolina. Um, the, the book reading this morning, To Christ I Conceded a Certain Great Man, um, his moral teaching and adopting those parts would seem convenient, not too difficult. Um, that is my story. It brought me to the saying, or the quote, I should say, by Bodhi Theon, that said, what is right is often forgotten by what is convenient. And that, again, is my story. Um, as I'm working these steps with my sponsor, um, I'm at the, what I consider, for me, the harder steps in taking that moral inventory. And I'm like, I don't feel like I have this, you know, many people. I don't feel like, you know, but as you sit, you can see and, you know, just be honest and let God of your understanding or power in the higher power of your understanding lead you and you really take the inventory. You can see where it, this relationship, because what we're doing is about relationship, our relationship with our food and everything else, relationship with people and everything. It all comes together. You get to see where I can just be me personal. I played a part. And with the moral inventory over this powerful um, food addiction, but I'm thankful that the higher power and the God of my understanding is is more powerful and all-powerful over this and trusting him. My last quote um, was by John Asareff that said, if you're interested, you'll do what is convenient. If you're committed, you'll do whatever it takes. And that's where I am today. I'm grateful. I'm very humble, you know that I can replace the convenient by the commitment, and that's what I'm working on. And I appreciate all everybody's services, and I'm so glad to be amongst my family. I consider y'all family because we're all going through this together. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Tanisha. Okay, Janice, you're up, followed by Maxine. Janice, star one. I thought I heard a Janice name was Shanna. Um, so go ahead, Maxine. 
followed by Shanna. Star one. Hello. Hello. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. My name is Maxine, and I just got back from a lovely trip, and I was able, more or less, to be abstinent. When I say more or less, some meals I skipped. So I don't know if that's included, but I was abstinent, and I met wonderful people. I wasn't so much interested in myself as in others. And that's something that OA has taught me. I was alone, and I asked a couple of tables if I could sit with them. And what do you know? People there were in different programs. There was one OA program and one addiction program. And we fit right in. (laughs) It was like having many meetings all over the place. And I think that was God looking out for me. And I really enjoyed the whole experience. And now I'm back. <clears throat> I hope I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little froggy in my throat today. It was wonderful to be able to leave my own environment and go to another one and be able to be myself and do what I have to do and do what I need to do and be grateful for the fact that I could be there. I feel wonderful for having found OA. I found it way back in 1994. No, even sooner, 1974. I'm 89 years old, so I have (laughs) a bit remembering back because everything I do is today and not yesterday. I try to look forward. And it was amusing that my daughter, who was with me, was was amazed that everybody who we said goodbye to wanted to take me home with them <laughs> because she's kind of critical <laughs> and she couldn't understand that. But I've been a very critical mom. I uh, I was brought up in a in a divorced family, and it was difficult. And I tried to do the best I could. And I ate because I was unhappy. Now I'm not unhappy, and I'm eating better with OA. And I find living the program each day, day at a time, is the way to go. And it's not up to me to criticize others for doing their job or not, or directing them to a better place. But it is my job to be a kind person and to accept others and to let them accept me from where I am at. And I thank you all for listening. My throat's a little raspy. <laughs> We're here in Texas. Thank you, Maxine. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Okay, Shanna C., you're up, followed by Martha O. Good morning. This is Shanna C., Recovered Compulsive Eater from uh, Tennessee. Thanks, everybody on the line that shared, and thanks for leading the meeting. And uh, I am so grateful uh, for this uh, reminder in this paragraph, and what jumps out to me is um, 
uh, how wrong I get to be <laughs> within the grace of this program and how many fixed ideas and opinions and things that I, you know, I come in with and still can de- and, and still develop on a daily basis. That's why there's a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. You know, when I get up in the morning and I'm admitting, um, yeah, I am still a compulsive overeater today. I still have a spiritual malady. I still have a physical allergy to these foods, and I can't stop once I start. And I still need need God's help today, as much as I did when I first came in. I mean, I've got to stay connected to that power. Um, and a lot of that is is the uncovering, discovering, and discarding of the old ideas. Uh, and like, and we do that through the inventory process. Um, you know, initially stuff and living in 10, 11 and 12, I had the experience similar to what was previously shared this past weekend. I was going out of town, uh, to be around, uh, recovery fellows that are in another program spending, you know, a couple of nights around people that I was convinced would not understand the OA program, completely convinced that I would be (laughs) judged, um, and that I would have to defend myself and I would have to justify and, and you know, totally terrified that I would be let off track by humans. Um, and that's the nature of my spiritual malady is the world and its people really dominate me, left to my own devices and seeing my powerlessness of, uh, of my, the tendency to be dominated by other people. I can go to God and be like, okay, God, I'm powerless over my tendency to be led astray and you know whatever uh god please you know enable me to to stick to your will here no matter what and any you know we didn't go to any length and i had my food packed and i was prepared and i was praying and i was in contact with my oa sponsor and all of that sure enough when i get there what ended up happening was totally different than what i thought would happen the people there were completely open and, and one of the women that i met Totally interested in OA, with a husband in OA, totally interested in OA, and was asking me all kinds of questions, and the people were like, wow, that is absolutely amazing what you're doing, and what's amazing is you're not forcing your stuff on other people, you're just doing what you do, and so glad I get to be wrong, and so this paragraph reminds me of how often I can create um an image of what I'm convinced is going to happen and will actually create that crap versus relying on God. And I don't, I don't have to do that. I get to rely on spiritual principles and time, please, Jenna. Yes, ma'am. And be, be led a different way. And I get to be wrong now with grace. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Happy Monday and have a great week, y'all. Thank you, Shanna. Okay, Martha O, you're up, followed by Manette M. Hi, this is Martha O in Vancouver, Canada. Can I be heard? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, great. Um, I'm so glad. Uh, thank you, everyone, for making this meeting possible today. Thank you for your service, and I love listening to everyone's responses to this this paragraph. Um, and it makes me. This has always made me laugh from the very first time I read this when I came into a different program um, because I see myself in this so completely. And what it is is just kind of the um, the arrogance um, and just the default thinking that I that I'm the arbiter of morality, of truth, of 
of hypocrisy that somehow, and this idea that I need to have opinions on every single thing. Um, it just until I, I think when I first started hearing the traditions that we have no opinion on outside issues, I remember like just wondering, how do you not have an opinion about something? Um, and it's, it's so funny that, that I or, you know, all of us coming into these programs where we've made such a wreckage of our own lives still think that somehow we're the arbiter of truth and, and morality. And um, I mean, I just, this makes me laugh so hard. And just that idea, well, I conceded the, the certainty of a great man, um, his moral teaching, excellent for myself. I, I adopted those parts, which seemed convenient. And I see that I did that with everything in my life. And I, I still will um, do this, adopting what's convenient. Like, you know, I'll do that at work where I do the things that I enjoy doing that are convenient for me. And procrastinate the things I don't want to do. And I absolutely did that with step work in, in both my programs um, and, you know, with disastrous results because I thought some of it applied to me and some of it didn't. And, um, you know, I think this, this whole paragraph just reminds me to be, I have to really try to surrender and, and come to things from a place of humility. I don't need to have an opinion on things. I can look at my own hypocrisy, not at, at, at anyone else's. Um, and, and who am I to judge or label absolutely anything? Also, just um, one last thing I'll share is my um, a sponsor I had for a long time used to say, at the end of every day, I should be able to answer this question, how did I divinely inconvenience myself for my recovery? And if it's not inconvenient, uh, it's not truly um, doing service for my recovery. So, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Martha O. Uh, now we'll have Manette M. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Star one. Manette or Annette? I can't hear you. Oh. Yes, this is Monette M. Can I be heard? Yes, there you are. Great. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, and you're pronouncing my name perfectly, so thank you. Um, my name is Monette M. I'm a, compuls a recovered compulsive overeater in um, Oklahoma. And I remember when I first came into 12-step recovery rooms and, um, you know, my very first sponsor told me that I that I needed to forget everything that I thought I knew about um, God and and the religion of my upbringing and to be open to have a new experience and that set aside prayer and was invaluable then and, and still is today. And um, like it says in the reading this morning, just, yeah, adopting those which seem convenient and the rest I disregarded. And I remember even as a young child, just there was a verse in the Bible that talked about basically before you go to God, if someone has something against you or you have something against someone, you should go and make that right. And I just remember being really young thinking, forget that, you know, I'm never going to do that. So I just already just assumed like, I can't get to God through this. I'm not going to be willing to do that. Um, um, but like this book says, driven under the lash of alcoholism and compulsive overeating, it come as, become as desperate as only the dying can be. And, and then I come in here and all these other people are doing this and I see that it's you know, that they're they're getting recovered and they're having a true relationship with the God of their understanding. And 
um, I needed to forget everything that I needed to know. And my sponsor said, you're women like you are hard to sponsor. You come in here thinking you know everything about God. And, and what I knew was from my religion and from my mother who was abusive. And I knew I'd been taught that Jesus loves me, but man, his daddy hated me, you know. And I really just had to, my faith, my simple faith start, started with just my sponsor who was in recovery at seven years at the time when I came in. And that's where my simple faith, that's where my concept of God started. And um, I'm so glad, you know, that because if I would have come in and it was all about the religion, like God and Jesus and that stuff, I would have thought, man, I've been in this my whole life. Every time the doors were open, we were there. I can't get to him this way. I'm so grateful that I know there's a page in, as Bill sees it, where the atheists and agnostics encouraged them to leave out the word, you know, to leave out Christianity and, and just let's call it a higher power. And man, I'm so grateful for that, you know, because it allowed me um, to be able to come in and, and say, okay, this, this is different. I get to have my own conception. It talks about that on the next page where we get to choose our own conception. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And as I get older and become more secure in my faith and my belief, I'm so, I'm able to be open-minded to how other people believe. And I don't, you know, could I be wrong about how I believe some things? Yes, I was very wrong about how I believed when I came in. And I still, you know, to stay humble, stay teachable, and just to be open and just to keep experiencing God in a whole new way through these 12 steps, through, you know, going and making those amends and making those things right, things that I would have never been willing to do. But then came into 12-step recovery and everyone else was doing it. So just, you know, quit setting myself apart. I'm not terminally unique. If I'm going to be unique, it's terminal. It's going to separate me and I'm going to die. And just come in here and be one of many. And I'm so grateful because, you know, God does not make two harder terms for those who seek him. And I'm so grateful that I always say that God brought me here. Time, please. brought me to you guys brought me to a relationship with God. So thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Monette. Okay. So although we value your experience, we ask that you share only every third day so that others might share. So if you haven't shared since last Wednesday, who would like to share on the uh, first paragraph? Larry K. Barbara S. Larry. Larry K. Barbara S. Susan C. Susan C. We take one more, one or two more. Debbie V. Debbie V. Okay, let's stop there. Um, Larry K. Barbara S. Susan C. Debbie V. Go ahead, please, Larry. Star one. There we go, Katie. There, Thank you. There you are. Thank, mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Katie. I was trying. This is Larry Kay, a recovered compulsive breeder from Chicago. You know, I have to remember that my false ego uh, gets in the way of a relationship with God. That's just the truth for me. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a willing conspirator, you know, when it comes to locking away my heart. That's what it does. That's what my ego does. It's like an inner hustler. And it's, it's, it's the voice in my head, you know, that drives me towards judging and denying and the know-it-allism and pretending and performing and pleasing and, and perfecting and all that stuff, right? That's, that's what it does. And my ego loves gold stars. It craves acceptance. 
and approval. And it, it really doesn't have any interest in anything other than self-protection and admiration, you know. I don't know about you, but my ego will do almost anything to avoid or minimize discomfort, discomfort associated with my vulnerability. And a relationship with God makes us very vulnerable. So I continue to, you know, what will people think? What if I learn something unpleasant about myself? You know, God created me with self-awareness, basic instincts. So don't misinterpret the ego, Larry. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. And like most instincts, it's there. It's God-given. Unless, of course, it's used beyond what it was intended for. Then it can serve in killing me. And I, I'll wrap up by saying this. I once heard a great definition of the ego. It's that thin wafer of consciousness floating on a shimmering ocean called the soul. I have to be careful with that. I have to be careful with that. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Barb S., you're up, followed by Susan C. Barbara S.? Hi, this is Barbara S. from New York. Uh, absolutely grateful to be on this meeting this morning. I need a daily reprieve recall or just every day is a new day. And with each day, I believe more that I have a higher power that respects me. I, as a child, didn't give much thought. I learned that uh, if you're good, God will be good to you. If you're bad, bad, you'll be punished. Um, I had tragic tragedies happen to me as a young girl, and uh, then I, I, I didn't consciously think of this. It was in my subconscious that I was undeserving because of what happened to me, not what I did, but what happened to me. And it would be with me a little bit most of my life. Um, with OA each day, and I've been in program for quite a while, but I'm still growing and I don't think I'm going to stop growing. I have a higher power that says, Barbara, Respect yourself, respect others. Everything we read in the big book, fear, resentments. It was it was written for me and for all of us. But it was it's. I I think the big book. I know we're not talking about that. We're talking about you know God, um, that I call my higher power, and I know there's a God for all of us. That helps me know how to live and know that I am not a bad person. I am a good person who has tried her best and gratefully it's worked out. It's worked out and um, I woke up this morning saying today will be a good day, not like, oh, no, another day. What could happen? What was, you know, bringing the different fears. Um, I leave the fears in my bed or under my, maybe I leave them under my bed or just put them in the incinerator for now. Um, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Susan C., you're up. 
Thank you, Barbara S. Okay, Susan C., you're up, followed by um, Debbie B. Hi, this is Susan. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is a good paragraph, and I haven't given this like a whole, a whole lot of thought uh, personally, but um, when I was a little girl, I used to love going to religious school, and I loved being in the environment. I loved it, and then my parents like just took me out abruptly, nothing said or done, it was just done, but my brother continued. And um, I kind of started me in the way of not speaking up for what I wanted. And I just realized after reading this, <coughs> how skewered all my underlying things are about, like, the different religions that I've tried, observed, connected with, joined. And um, the one that I've been with for a, a long time, I used to love it because it was like a heart, it was very heartfelt. I didn't even have to like analyze it. It was just heartfelt and I felt supported. And then now it's like, now that I'm older, it's like rules and restrictions. And, you know, are you giving your contribution and this and that? And I'm like, getting like tur really turned off resentful you know and um i just feel like you know i come to these meetings every day because it just really helps me um find peace and truthfulness about life you know this is the life I made mistakes and other people have made mistakes and I need to, you know, create a different life through this and to be connected with my higher power and um, to be open and to be willing to do the work. So uh, thank you. I appreciate these meetings. Thank you, Susan. Okay, Debbie V, you're up, followed by no one because... There's no one else, so um, we might have time for one more after Debbie. Thank you so much, uh, Debbie V. Recovered, recovering in in Virginia, um, and thank you from my heart to the team for Team Monday. Thank you so much, and everyone's service, everyone here, and all your shares. When I heard the reading, the slogan of personalities and principles so putting principles before personalities and then the other was our tradition of unity seeing the unity in our differences so seeing what is the same in our differences and I think of our spiritual principles so in recovery as I'm recovered I have a new vision I'm a visionary and the vision is what a higher power would have me see, and I'm able to see between things now. And it began with the fourth step, when I would ask, is there any other harm that I caused? Or when I'm getting feedback, I'm asking for feedback with my 10th step, humbled, teachable, and open, 
and honest and willing to hear what it is, I can work with the triggers that would close the door to shut the door on the past. I'm able to, with a higher power, stay rooted and firm and to see between, to seek to understand. So I believe, this is, this is Debbie V believing, I believe that um, all the religions hold our principles and our principles at work, uh, that's how I seek to live. I seek to live through the, the principles in all our affairs. And that's the way that I am choosing to live these days. And I'm grateful for this reading and the reminder. And uh, I'm going to continue on this road with you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Debbie. Okay, we have time for one more uh, two-minute share. Who would like to take that last spot? On page 11, we're commenting on page 11, the first paragraph, to Christ, I conceded. This is S.A. in Texas. I'll share. Okay, go ahead, please. Good morning, everybody. Um, well, I had a spiritual awakening recently related to my higher power. When I was about four years old and started in a faith tradition um, with my family, I remember going home on a Sunday and looking up at the sky and thinking, but what is forever? What is forever? I'm going to one place or I'm going to the other place forever. What is forever? And I've thought about that for decades. And what the spiritual awakening I had as I was on this meeting recently was that as that four-year-old, I always knew who my higher power was. And at four years old, I was trying to push my higher power into a box of what people told me my higher power was. And shortly after that spiritual awakening, when I realized that I've always known in my heart that my higher power can't be put in a box, that my higher power is all-encompassing, cares about me tremendously, and cares about every single step that I make every single day, that's incredible that the same entity that created those clouds and that sky that I looked at cares just as much about me. And so shortly thereafter, I would always in the morning um, commit my binge food to my higher power and surrender, but it was a struggle. And shortly after that spiritual awakening, I said my morning prayer, I committed my binge foods, and it was almost as though something clicked. And it didn't, but it felt like it. I knew that something was different today. And since that time, I have had, I haven't had a struggle. That's not to say I won't struggle tomorrow, next week. I'm only given a daily reprieve. But so far, the daily reprieve has been enough. And so that's what I love about the big book is that it gives respect 
to all of us. If we have a faith tradition that works for Time, us please. And I, or not, that this book can accommodate that. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. I did not get your name. I think you said you're from Texas. What was your name? Okay, well, sorry about that. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, June 20th, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,086. That's 19086. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy S. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.